Okay, here we go. So, welcome back, everyone. I actually haven't done this for a little while. This is my, I had like a six month break, and this is the first one back. So, if I'm a bit rusty, oh. take it easy on me. <laughs> we'll be right. So, I'm here with, um, yeah, Darby Hudson, who would you, would you describe yourself as a, 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 when someone says, what do you do? What do you say? Um, yeah, I say I'm a writer. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't, th- Without, oh, I'm going to sound like a wanker, but I don't think you can say you're a poet. It's yeah. that's that's more a lifestyle, not mm. a not a verb. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, well, I don't know. But um, yeah, I'm a writer. Um, just mucked around in a lot of jobs for a long time and sort of fell into writing because I started off as a an illustrator. And, okay. But yeah, it's, yeah, it's sort of oh, it's like creativity, just yeah. like yourself. With yeah. Your, with your so can you explain that to me, like what you think? Because I, for me, um, yeah, I, I feel like when I've dabbled with writing and painting and stuff, that now that I'm more getting into it, I do feel like a poet, and everything else kind of stems from that. But like an artist or whatever, but it's just you can yeah. just call it whatever you want. So when you say the lifestyle, what, what do you mean by that? Uh, maybe just just as a way of living or a way. I like David Lynch. He calls it living the art life. Mm. Um, yeah, for a long time it was um, my my art life was uh, funded by the Australian government. The yeah. doll, yeah. doll got me through my twenties, where I just got to draw and make cartoons and um, do that, that sort of stuff and yeah. hold down jobs on the side. But um, yeah, maybe it's just a way of it is kind of a way of thinking or a way of living. But I've, for me, yeah, I've always just felt sort of drifting through and. Um, Without any real sort of uh, playbook plan, where I've, um, yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, yeah. So, so with yeah. that, so especially, like, I definitely feel it with myself and um, kind of fighting, fighting to keep the inner child, the artist, alive. So, first part of that question do you think everyone is an artist? Um,. Part of me used to think yes, and then some of me thinks maybe not. Mm. But um, yeah, I reckon that, I reckon kids are, are like like I love what Bukowski said. Um, you're born genius and die idiots. Yeah, and yeah, like kids have a natural like genius, um, and it's sort of beaten out of us slowly. Yeah, we learn how to adult and learn learn how to draw something really like I actually saw this YouTube the other day of this twelve year old girl who's drawing these unbelievably um, technically brilliant animal portraits. I thought, I thought, while that's really amazing, I thought that's oh, a shame that she's kind of learned how to draw like an adult Realistic, at the age yeah. of twelve. Like, yeah. you know, wait, wait till you're twenty or something, and then become a photocopy machine. Yeah, like <laughs> still play around with your the crazy weird um, shit that's that we're sort of naturally gifted yeah. and born with. But um, but she did show some stuff from when she was four or five. Still looked a bit kind of to touching, talented. touching on the the crazy weird surreal yeah. shit that kids have. But um, yeah, us, maybe we are all artists in some way. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Well, I've I haven't resolved that one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think um, it's impossible. Always for me, it's like I remember like sitting in traffic with everyone and just looking around and being like, "What the fuck are we all doing?" Like. We're all coming from jobs that we probably don't really like, spending time doing what we don't really want to do. And I'm, 
almost went crazy thinking like, does everyone, does everyone think, am I the only one that thinks the way I think? So it's hard to, yeah, wrap your head around if other people are artists and they've got this things that they want to do but they don't. But yeah, maybe yeah. there is people that just, they just, no, they don't really care for it. Yeah, that's, I reckon, yeah, there's probably more of us than we think. So, mm-hmm. um, like everyone's making plans for us, our parents and yeah. friends are sort of pushing us, suggesting we do make sensible decisions. Um, yeah, art, making art never feels like a sensible decision, but it's, it definitely is its own weird reward. I feel mm-hmm. like I've got um, th- thousands of dollars in my bank account when it comes to non-real art money. Yeah. Of just um, happy that or happiness that I've done it. But um, yeah, it just doesn't pay that in the real yeah. world yeah. so well. But um, yeah, yeah, I like that idea of being in a traffic jam and looking mm. around. Feeling all stuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And wondering if yeah. everyone is also completely frustrated and, and not where they want to be, but we're all yeah. stuck. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. We no get, one wants to be here, no one wants to leave. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So um, so we will get to the whole story, but what I want to chuck to you, I'll put you on the spot, but no. what your earliest childhood memory? Um... Oh, I remember. I remember having a maybe. Maybe it was putting a. My dad was an engineer, and he had this um, um, just a whole lot of stuff in his garage, and it was, it was a tin, a tin sort of shaped thing that wasn't really a hat, but it may as well it looked like a hat to me. Yeah, I just kept putting it on my baby brother's head and annoying the shit out of him as he was crawling around the back garden. I might probably I was probably too. Yeah, because we were a year and a half. Yeah, I was about two. Yeah, yeah. That's a, <laughs> so that was it. That's a whole. But, and and he um he um got me back by um putting a, a hat, bashing me yeah. over the head with a hammer when he was about three and I was about five. So, <laughs> so you, is that you got? That's how I got superpowers. <laughs> how many siblings do you have? I got one. One. Yeah. And you're still close with your family now. Um. Yeah. Like, I'm. My mum died a couple of years ago, and my, I'm close with my brother. Well, I've, we we have our fallings and yep. ins and outs, but um, yeah, we yeah we're still pretty we're close now. And and weirdly, because I was brought up by my mum, I didn't, and she just had a she was kind of like I love her, but she was also a bit psycho in the sense that she just had a. Wanted to make my life, my dad's life a nightmare for his whole yeah. life. Yeah. Um, but I've become really close with, well, closer to him, I guess. Yeah. In the last few years, so, um, yeah, I've yeah slowly, yeah they both they were both trippers because they're like my mum and dad were chalk and cheese, and we used to think, how the fuck did they get together? Yeah. But they're actually both quite out, out there. Yeah. Dad, dad probably hides it more, but. Um, he named me Aubrey Darby and Aubrey, and he had a he had a he's good with names. He had a company name, an engineering company name called Divino. After asked, asked him what it was for, it says it's for Buggity Fino. He's <laughs> <laughs> was, he was just a, a cheeky fucker with names, yeah. but Mum was way more serious and much more academic. Yeah, like um, yeah, a bit more earnest. 
But yeah, dad doesn't give much for fuck. Mm. Yeah. Are you learning through, um, as, or maybe whether it's recently or a while ago? Because um, I know with my parents, and like I'm like typical white privilege, I've got great parents who have four older brothers, so I'm the youngest. Um, yeah. And I did go through that like young 20 stage where it's like, oh, everything's my mum and dad's fault. Um, I'm like this because of them. And then as I get older, and especially thanks to art, I'm starting to be like I'm so grateful that the contrast between my parents and who I am, I'm like I'm so glad um, they are my parents. So as you got older and um, even with success through your art, did you start to have that realisation where you're like, I know my parents were a bit different than I don't know what the yeah, TV shows say. Yeah, for sure. Like, yeah. I, I think I... In my teens and early twenties, I sort of grew up thinking, "Oh, mum, you were you were such a shit mum." Mm. So, but then I remember learnt going, "No, I can't see her as my mum. I've got to see her as my friend." And so I ended up seeing her as my old my sister. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that changed my perspective, and I actually loved her then. And um, and um, I was just yeah, love sharing trippy experiences with her. She'd always go, um. Darby, don't ever do hard drugs. Don't ever do it. And, I was, and psychedelics ten years ago, and I tell her about it, and she goes, "How? Don't ever do that. It's really bad." Now tell me all about it. What's going on? I want to know. She was really super keen and interested in all that sort of stuff. And did she? You know, has she ever tried? Oh, I wanted her to. That would have been interesting. Yeah, but um, oh, but she, she was definitely well. a natural tripper. Was it, what about? Sorry, what about your mum? I want my mum too, but yeah, she. Try- she um, she found weed in my house and yeah. told like my brother about it before me. Like Riley's, he's gone. Like, yeah. <laughs> he's off the rails. <laughs> but I think that's just their generation. They grew and they were they've convinced that yeah, um, yeah that's really bad. Which yeah. like I'm not saying it's like the best thing ever. It's yeah. just like any any um, substance. But yeah. um, I don't think it's if you smoke a joint you get a turn psycho. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally, totally. Yeah, so your yeah. was your dad a successful like sounds like um yeah, it was obviously an intelligent, successful person. Um yeah, he was he was a mechanical civil engineer. Yeah. Um I guess yeah, mum was yeah, she, mum was a teacher and a lawyer. But dad was a yeah, he he always he was always he was just like a cheeky little kid. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's how that's how it kind of, it's still kind of like that. Yeah. Um, um, I, yeah, it would have been interesting to see where he would have gone. I always, I've asked him a few times. You know, did you ever? Is that what you wanted to do, yeah. or did you want to? Like, you always come up with these weird, crazy name things and mm. play on words and stuff. You could have been doing some sort of something more like that. Yeah, yes. yeah. And he, some. He doesn't regret it, but you can see you go, oh, who knows? I could have been yeah. gone down somewhere else, but yeah. yeah. And what about as you, um, did he, because like with my parents too and now with art, my dad is, um, this is one thing like I know a lot of artists always say like, oh, they're nine to five, it's like the worst thing ever. But yeah. I've been able to see it with my dad, who whether he wanted to do different things or it suits his personality or whatever, He's got like um, on paper and even seems to be emotionally too, like the best life ever. And um, what's worked? Oh, we got a um, you know Dyson's buses. 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's my big family's business. Oh, crazy. Yeah, so, yeah, part yeah, of that. Yeah. So he's worked there since he was early 20s. Yeah. And now he's, yeah, a couple of years away from retiring. And um, for me as a, as a father figure, it would make perfect sense to follow those footsteps and see, like, it actually works. And I know a lot of people say, like, the nine to five's so bad because they've seen their parent go through it and they're still not happy or they still fail it or whatever. Yeah. But I just know it's not my personality. So you know, make a magical mystery tour bus. Like yeah. yeah, that's it. <laughs> Take her around Australia. Yeah, so um yeah, with my dad, although he was like that, but now pursuing the art, I can tell that it's um yeah, it's hard for them to wrap their head around and with yeah. my mum, I think your parents just want security yeah. and it's like, Oh you Yeah, you, yeah, you, I don't want you to struggle, so I want you to yeah. get a nice job yeah. and have money, get a good wife. And kids, and just do yeah. do what we're doing. <laughs> yeah, I had I, I had that sort of. Yeah. Um, just, I've out of straight out of year twelve, I I got a job at Meyer, and I was working in the music department. And I remember my grandpa, who on my dad's side, who was a property dude and mm. really keen on making money. He was in the navy, and then went into real estate and money, money, money. Yeah, he's going. How's Meyer going, Darby? Have you worked your way up the ranks? What's going on? Are you manager yet? And I was like, oh. No, um, no, <laughs> and um, and so I, so I thought, oh, I sort of took that to heart, and I thought, oh, okay, the next few weeks, the next day, I went to work. Um, I, I tried really hard, and I was like, like I was acting, yeah, and I was wasn't Derby anymore, yeah. and I was forcing myself into being this Mister Sales person. Mm. Um, it was yes sir, no sir, three bags full sir, yeah, above and beyond, do everything. And I remember at the end of the day. I went to the, the staff toilets and closed myself into one of the cubicles and just cried, going, I can't do this for the rest of my yeah. life. I was 18, thinking, fuck, this is what people do. And you're supposed to do this for the next six, 50 years or some shit. Yeah. <laughs> you're supposed to do this. And, um, yeah, I just... So I was so from there, I was, I was just in and out of dope, um, random jobs, doing yeah. that sort of stuff and doing my art and cartoons on the side and... And just thinking, maybe I can, maybe I can make it. And it wasn't quite working as an illustrator. I'd always keep trying to push shit, and yeah. it wasn't quite good enough to make it. Because I reckon I'm about an eight out of ten at illustration, but to really make it, you need to be a nine or a ten. And yeah. it's, the difference between an eight and a nine is huge. Actually, pretty big, I reckon. But um, yeah. So I just to. I remember mid-20s, mid to late 20s, um, I was on the dole and they were getting sick and tired of me um, just on and off the dole. Yeah, so yeah. They, they sent me to a resume writing course. Um, I was I felt really indignant by that. I was like, oh, fuck this shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, and so I, they, they taught me how to write a resume, which I, I felt like I already knew. But um, I, so I just wrote a piss-take resume um, which included just my interests, like pushing pushing buttons with really smooth push button action, the the enjoyment of being taller than my father, um, getting a little bit wet in the rain and quickly running inside, um, comparing da- data with completely irrelevant other data, <laughs> um, and then I then as the last section of the resume just had stock photos of office people shaking hands. And I said, this is proof that I've received jobs on other occasions. And then I write a little psychoanalytic description of what the what the handshake meant and how you could see the, the veins in the 
in the hands pumping extra blood, showing it showed more they were physiologically more excited excited to employ me. Um, and I sent that to a, in two thousand and eight to about two thousand jobs in the age of almost every job, um, from lawyer to brick builder to yeah engineer and and um yeah a lot of people rang me to see are you are you, are you serious or are you just crazy what's going on? <laughs> what's going on <laughs> um and I, but advertising took me on and they they oh, yeah. um yeah so I and they said you're a writer and I said no I'm not and they said no you're a writer and I said no I'm not <laughs> and so so they took me on and um, how old were you then I was I was 30, 33, 34. So up until then, it hadn't yeah. crossed your mind that, to be a writer? Yeah, no. And did you yeah. have any journals or notebooks? Or? Oh, I, I, was, I, was doing, I was doing cart cartoons yeah. and stuff. Like I did, to be fair, like I, yeah, I did, I did have some minor little breakthroughs in my late 20s. Like yeah. I, I wrote some satirical cartoons. Well, yeah, I guess write, write wrote means yeah, yeah, writing. Yeah. For the, the Chaser newspaper before they were a TV show. Yeah. I've got a couple of ones in there just before they sort of blew up on yeah. TV. Um, and I did some stuff for in-group greeting cards, like writing stupid Father's Day stuff. And So I was combining my illustration and, yeah. and trying to write funny stuff. And, um, yeah, so I, I did have... A, a tiny bit of... Yeah, it was in there, that, yeah. There, it was there, it was there, but yeah. But um, then I had to... It, when it, being a copywriter in advertising was a whole different... Like, now you're actually a writer. You can't yeah, just yeah, pretend yeah. to... Yeah, and it's like, oh, no, how do, you, how do you do this? I remember I was outside DDB in Richmond in 2009, shitting myself, thinking, I'm not, I'm not going to go in. Mm. I know this is, like, some people's dream, but it's probably not my dream, but I have to do this because what else am I going to do? Yeah. I, don't, I have no idea what to do with this life. And I was already thirty-four, and everyone had already had families and yeah. well into their careers, and I was still—I just felt like a like an idiot. Yeah. And <laughs> I was what, still working shit out. And what was that lifestyle like leading up to then? Um, I was, yeah, I was—I was just draw. I was drawing. I was, um, I was making little zines, like photocopied little books of cartoons and stuff and illustrations um and um and and that really made me really happy and i thought yeah. why can't i make, why can't i pay bills with this shit mm. <laughs> you just can't but unless you're yeah extremely good or somehow someone sees something and yeah. makes things happen or um what about outside of the art though like through I know, like you look back now, and it's like twenty to thirty. It just seems like a sentence. But that decade that you went through, um, and you probably didn't, yeah, didn't know what you wanted to do. What was that like? Because I know a lot of people, especially even me, up until probably yeah. twelve months ago, were in that in their twenties, and they were like, "I don't, I don't yeah. know who I am, what I want to do, why I'm even alive." So, yeah. what, yeah, what was that like to look back now and? Feel like oh this is who I am. Yeah, I was pretty terrifying. Like I remember, I, th- I think I remember a, um, a first thing in my twenties, which sort of provided inspiration for where I ended up, where I'm now, is um, 
I saw I was I got get really bad anxiety, and I remember mm. coming back from um, Maya because um, I'd smoke heaps of weed in the morning and then heaps of weed at night. We were like this little drug den house in our early twenties. <laughs> yeah. It was just like we were just smoking joints constantly. But um, and I remember, I remember getting especially, especially bad anxiety um, coming home from work one day at Maya, and I was reading this cartoon by Michael Lunig that. Um, Australian cartoonist, and it was about an angel that picked up this little man in the city and lifted him over all the problems and all the... It was kind of a fantasy, but mm. it, for some reason it really... It made my heart slow down. I just stopped worrying about the shit that was going through my head at the time, and it really took me out of myself. It pulled me f- from myself, and I thought, oh, my God, how this... this Just words and pictures actually... Was like medicine. Mm. How how is that possible? Um, and I remember just looking at more of his stuff, and it still had the same effect. And then I thought maybe other people can do have the same effect on me as well. Um, just like words and pictures. How is that possible? I thought it had you know it had to be medicine or antidepressants or yeah. or some shit like that. Um, but yeah, that I guess that planted a seed early on in my early twenties. But and um. Uh, <laughs> um um, yeah, but applying for every single job in the age and then letting a job choose me was a, re- a big help. Yeah. It was like, oh, you choose me. I'll just put my, I'll just throw my shit out there and a job can choose where I'm going to go. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I did do a lot of like, yeah, like warehouse jobs and pick packing and, um, like in dark warehouses in the summer. But, um, that was, that was kind of that was so depressing. I mm. thought I'm going to be stuck doing this forever. Yeah, but um, especially like what what year? So that was when I was. I remember twenty. I was turning twenty nine, turning thirty, doing that job. So is that what you're talking nineties yeah. or early two thousands? Oh, mid mid two thousands. Yeah. yeah. So now, like people talking about mental health on every poster, everything you see. Oh, but yeah. back then, probably wasn't spoken about much. Did you? Did you feel like you're the only person in the world that felt that way? That's that's yeah, that's pretty well observed. Um, not me, but just um, back then, it didn't feel like it yeah. was mentioned at all. Like, mm. and to and to sort of self discover it in like a cartoon or something, going, yeah. oh, holy shit, this is yeah. amazing." Um, yeah, it was definitely it wasn't um, as big back then. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, and it's not, now it's overwhelmingly in your face yeah. everywhere. And it's like, oh, no. Yeah, it doesn't. <laughs> it's, uh, it like if one has, more person says, how are you? Like like that. Like, <laughs> how are you? It's like, I, I don't want to think about it for a second. <laughs> I don't want to assess myself and be like, shit, am, am, I, am I, do I not look good? Am I, am I talking wrong? I'm like, fuck yeah, maybe I'm not okay. Yeah, so I don't know that that whole thing's working, but yeah. anyway. So, um, yeah. So how, how was it? And, and um, so you obviously got through it. Was other than you know smoking, chuffing, um, yeah, like and I, seeing that. Was there anything else that kind of got you through those times? Yeah, like I'd, I'd um, yeah, I do. Like I'd, I can, I can be a bit of a binge boozer. Mm. Like um, not like every single day, but um, once a week, I'll just. Just go, just go for it, and that's yeah. and I have written some of my stuff, and woken up the next morning going, I don't remember writing that, but, but I love that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, 
Um, I, sh- I don't want to romanticise it, but it definitely, like, that's, that's, it is, it is kind of amazing in, in a, in a way, but it's, it also pay, you pay a big price for yeah. that as well. But, um, um, yeah, it definitely being a shy kid and what, what, a, this is what I do like about booze is, um, when you, about two or three beers in, you separate. You always separate yourself from yourself, and mm-hmm. you're having a conversation with yourself, and you don't know what that other self is going to say. So it's kind of interesting, exciting. Yeah. So I'm just waiting for the other Darby to t- talk to me. Yeah. And that other Darby talks to me, <laughs> and, and it gets. And it's actually, it's it's actually really entertaining. And I guess that's why I say like you know, boot booze can be company mm. you know and it's a big no-no and drinking alone is a big no-no I, I always used to joke in my early 30s they make ads um beer ads always have three people in them wine ads have two people in them um coffee ads have one or tea ads have one person in them mm. but, but where's the beer ad for me it's this lonely guy in the bushes yeah. by the train tracks with a six pack yeah. <laughs> having I mean, a conversation with myself I haven't said yeah I call it a six beer buzz when you have oh, six beers yeah. that's the like you feel perfect and then yeah. you try and keep trying to chase that oh then, yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah the six beer yeah. buzz but um yeah. yeah well to speak about that so even with um because I think because weed is illegal people who do smoke weed will only want to say oh it's it's the best thing ever and people who don't will say it's illegal it's the worst thing ever but I only so I um I was like a real um like a footy boy like a jock and um so I was obsessed with footy and then um almost a year and a half ago two years ago everything fell apart um I broke my leg um you had to reinvent yourself reinvent myself um yeah, um, me and my girlfriend who bought this house together broke up and it was just like, I, I, I have no idea who I was. And that's where I found art and everything. So oh, it's nice. all a happy story now, but yeah. to go through it all. So um, leading up to that, I was like a drinker, like binge drinker, like Saturday night you drink and you get fucking blind and then you don't drink yeah. again. Next Saturday night you drink and you only drink to get fucking drunk. Yeah. Drunk yeah. enough to be able to dance. At the top yeah. <laughs> and um, so I only... Started smoking weed um, last year, so 27. Yeah. And I yeah went through the stage where it's like, oh, it's the best thing ever. And then through lockdown and then getting to a point where it's like, okay, this this um, is good, but it's not, for me personally, it's not something that I want to do every day because mm. um, probably the, the plus sides of it is I'm getting anxiety as well. Mm. And um, it just gives me a break from myself. Sometimes it's like I yeah. just want to sit here and watch a movie without thinking or about anything else and just now I can actually watch the movie or it's yeah. paint or write or and um yeah. yeah, so I went through that and then then it got to a point where it's like if I keep doing this I'm not gonna achieve my goals because I can't be fucked all the time. <laughs> like I don't wanna get out of bed. Um yeah. you know, I can't be bothered, especially through lockdown when everything was closed and you're just there by yourself. So that's kind of what I went through, and now um, Is that personally, why you took the six months off podcasting because the lockdown, yeah, pretty much destroyed, yeah. destroyed you. Lockdown, I just yeah. yeah. So um, yeah, probably put on like a good facade of being confident, but actually do get like nervous, and especially meeting new people. Yeah. I found out that I'm actually a bit of an introvert. So yeah, right. but anyway, that's all to talk about um, weed 
And I know, like, it's got, like, this, um, yeah, Bob Marley, like, do it every day, everything's all good type of stuff. But mm. I do know a lot of people that do it and they're like, oh, it's a wasted two years of my life. Or I'd, like, I thought I was anxious, but it was just because I was smoking a bong every night and stuff like that. So, yeah, yeah. so um, with you and your experience with that, how, how did you go through that? And Yeah, like, we wasn't in a house, a share house in Carlton and, in my early 20s and I just noticed I started to feel just actually a bit crazy and way mm. too paranoid. And so the only bongs I smoke these days are basically farting in the shower, in a <laughs> steamy shower and just sniffing it in, like the old <laughs> fart bong. <laughs> so, um, but, yeah, no, it was – I wish I could smoke weed because it's actually um, – if, if because I know it does affect some some people almost benignly mm. – um, um, and they seem to sort of get a lot of stuff done and it doesn't destroy their relationships. And, yeah. Um, um, but, yeah, def- yeah, booze is way more taxing on the nervous system. Yeah. Than, yeah. Yeah. Weed, weed is. Odd. But, um, yeah, so I guess, yeah, to manage anxiety, it's just like just crazy amounts of exercise. I tried a lot of Eckhart Tolle stuff for mm. like um, – Basically, really being present and really sitting in a, on a park bench and smelling, using every single sense to, um, and sitting there for hours. And, I, and that was only two years ago I started doing that. And I only did it for a few months, but I felt that the, not, I'm not sure happy is the right word, more just sort of this subtle low way of contentment. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden I felt like, the, like I'd woken up for the first time in my entire life. Mm. I felt like before that I was just a zombie, just trying to work out what the next action I had to do. Yeah. And that really slowed me down. All of a sudden I didn't feel the need to be creative or write poetry because mm. that made me realise, oh, I've just being creative to try and dig my way out of yeah. the jail of myself. Yeah. Um, and a part of me missed that. It was like, mm. oh, but I want to be agitated so I can be creative because that was kind of entertaining, but yeah. at the same time I didn't. But... um. Yeah, I'm back there, I guess, on, on some level, especially because of lockdowns. They yeah. just they sort of um, reduced me back to my dumb lizard brain in some yeah. ways, and fell on my old old ways of dealing with shit. But yeah. um, I got, did get some good poems out of it, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, but um, and yeah, I forced. This is the first time. Um, I've been able to stop working all the nine to five jobs and the stupid jobs that I've haven't enjoyed, and just go full time at poetry. I'm actually making a inverted commas living off it, and that's. But I'd say when I say living, I'd say you know I'm earning maybe the doll or a bit more. Than yeah, that. yeah, yeah. But but doing it with poetry is like I'm the only person poet I know who's doing it (laughs) but but I know there's you know there's millionaire poets in bloody the US and stuff like that but um yeah it's it's only the dole that I'm kind of income but for me going from crying in a cubicle at the age of 20 I can't be this robot man for the rest of my life to now is like a small miracle for me yeah um but um yeah, so now I just walk around and stick palms on trees and shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, because I, I do, I find that so fascinating. And yeah, I kept taking it back to um, probably a, a harder time of your life because I know there's a lot of people, especially me, um, 
that looks and it's just like I can't even wrap your head around it. It's like how how is that even possible? So yeah. for you, like my personal, I keep talking about myself. No, no, bring it, bring it in because um, it sa- sounds like you're you're me at just a bit younger. Yeah, yeah, yeah probably. Well, yeah. the thing the thing is that I'm grateful for now, which I'm I honestly it almost killed me or it almost made me kill myself. Um, and that's yeah, sounds like an exaggeration, but it's actually true. But yeah. going through um, doing that, going through an apprenticeship, and living that life, and every day for four years with someone, me and my boss, who we both hated each other because I was just like this little smartass who yeah. didn't want to be him, and he, I was just this for him, just this annoying little kid that is just making <laughs> his life harder, but he's paying me two hundred yeah. bucks a week. What was the apprenticeship? Electrician, electrician. Yeah, so I'm an electrician yeah. now. Yeah, and um, so which is now that now that I'm qualified, I can um, there's no pressure for me. Like in my head, I'm never gonna um, uh, I'll always have the electrician me to support the artist me. That's how I've always felt. Like I yeah. kind of felt like I was a, I was because I was, I felt like I was I parented my mum. Until I left her at eighteen, and then I got a chance to be a kid. Yeah, okay. And I was a kid through my twenties and early thirties, and all. And then I had to develop adult Darby to look yeah. after Kid Darby. Kid Darby draws all the shit and writes the cartoons. Yeah. But adult Darby, what you're saying, electrician yeah. Riley had to is supporting artist Riley. Yeah. So you've had to, yeah, you have to do that. You yeah. have to sort of become two people, but. Yeah. Not the two people who drink, you know, six beers in yeah, exactly. conversation. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, you know, you've, you had to, I've had, yeah, you're doing the same thing. Yeah. yeah. So it's um, well done. And I know there was one of your poems that said, like, you look back and you didn't know what you're doing, but it looks like you knew what you're doing all along. So didn't know what I'm talking about there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know, I know that one. Yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah, um, yeah, yeah. when, uh, so when do you feel like you had that? That realization where it's like, oh shit, I'd like I somehow. Yeah, like, well, I've always felt um, I've had to, I've had, I've had opportunities come up that could have put me on the path of the the cultural playbook of making mm. more money and having a house, which I, I don't, I don't. Sorry, I'm not bagging that because yeah. I've loved owning a house, yeah. but I don't. Um, um, but like I was, I, I, at one point I was at. Um, I kind of feel like the the less work I've had to do, the more money I've earned. And I remember being at ANZ. I was on 120 a year, and I was watching cat videos almost seven out of the eight hours of the day. And I <laughs> and before that, I was in you know only five years before that, I was in a warehouse earning twelve dollars an hour mm. in a dusty black warehouse because yeah. the doll made me do it. Yeah, and it was that was fucking really hard work and so I don't know where I was going with all this but um oh shit I've lost my train of thought no, that's so good it's gone, <laughs> it's gone. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah um yeah knowing yeah sort of what you're saying which was um knowing what you're doing and yeah I was I was basically as cliche as it is following your heart or Joseph Campbell a mythologist would say follow your bliss um but I remember being offered a job at ANZ after I was there for two years. They said, do you want to be a creative director, Darby? We'll, we'll train you up to be one. And and they, that would have been even more money, so like 160 or something. It was like, because I'd never earned over $20,000 a year on the mm. doll for years. Mm. Um, 
and um and I and I had to and I pre- that was amazing, but I had to pretend to consider it, and I didn't want it at all. I didn't want the extra responsibility. I was happy, um, but biding my time through the days so I could get home and write poetry by mm. the train tracks because that's yeah. all I wanted to do. I just yeah. wanted to. That was saving me the poet, the poet, the writing that shit, writing all this stuff down. Yeah. Um, by the train tracks at night time um, after work. Being at work just killed me. Like it just, you felt like you're wearing this big plastic suit of suffocation. Yeah, yeah. And then you'd have to, because you have to be, you have to pretend to, it's an, act, it's a, it's an acting job. Yeah, you have to be not you. Yeah. And, that, and, and that takes a lot of energy to not be you. And so um, I had to, I pretended to consider that opportunity and a few days later said, oh no, I won't. And so they slowly managed me out of my job and yeah. out of the, out of the role, and I was just like, ah, <laughs> back to square one. But I was, yeah. but that was a massive decision in life, which was a big fork in the road where I got to choose writing my book of poems, which had no, who knew, I didn't know I was, it would get published or not, or taking on this creative director job. And I just went, fuck, I'm going to keep doing the poems. That's what makes me happy. And eventually, it did get published by Melbourne Uni Press, um, Five Island Press, which was. Like I was so fuck, I was just that's the biggest um, thrill of me, me yeah, little life. That's incredible. <laughs> and um, yeah, so I know this is too um, out there a lot, but where do you feel like that decision come from? Because I'm sure at the time everything was saying go this way, and yeah, you decided. And now looking back, it's like that was. I'm so glad I did that. I guess I just didn't want to cry in the toilets again, mm-hmm. like 20 years later or 25 yeah. or 15 years later. Like, yeah. I just remember that really killing me. Like, I felt like I was something inside me was trying to die otherwise. Mm. And, and it's such an, it was such, I felt like I was, I would have just lived a real, just a massive life of regret and not, and I, I probably still will regret a lot of this life I'm doing now. Yeah. Yeah. Of, I remember there was a, some famous philosopher said, you get married, you regret it. If you don't get married, you regret mm. it. If you do this, you regret it. If you do the other thing, you regret it. So there's always that shit, but it's the least... I'm, I'm going to guess, going by my heart, that, that this is the least yeah. path of regret. It might be the harder path for me, but, but um, yeah, it's, I've, yeah I, I love being able to sort of self-soothe myself with writing and self-soothe and my anxiety and and my stupid whizzing brain that's yeah. constantly trying to think itself to dust. Yeah. <laughs> think everything to dust. It's like, shut the fuck up, brain. Yeah. <laughs> but um, and it's amazing, like, Instagram being able to, like, hit, getting feedback and people saying, I felt this, but your poems made me feel this. Mm. That, that's great. And I was like, oh, I'm, for me that's really exciting because that's what – Stuff like Michael Looney stuff did for me when I'm in my early twenties, like saved me from myself in a small way. And Bukowski stuff mm. in my thirties, who, who's who, base yeah, Bukowski was a lesson in how to write courageously, yeah, and how to live courageously yeah. too, yeah. Like as you're discovering, yeah, because I, I think yeah. a lot of um, people think that a drunk or someone that isn't, um, yeah, commercially successful is just because they're not smart enough. And then you read words of people that's like, oh, no, they, they're they smart enough, but they choose, they're, they're just choosing a different path. It's not that they're not capable. Yeah. So to read words and people, because like, yeah. like, yeah, I don't want to sound pretentious, whatever, but at the end of the day, what really 
does matter other than like the human spirit and human nature and um, creating because I've had a lot of, I feel like I've had, you know, 400 existential crises and (laughs) the one thing that hasn't uh, copped it yet is art to be like, well, this or nature or beauty, it's like, well, this actually, we could just be um, just a accident or a um, coincidence but if we're a coincidence we still get sunsets and roses and we get to appreciate (laughs) texture and we don't know why that is so good to look at or so nice to read but it is and it makes us feel something and yeah yeah. I I love that you're you're kind of interesting in the sense that you've gone from this journey from this role of sort of I'm a this joker Mm. Kid on a tradie, electrician, yeah. jock dude, as you self described yourself, to writing this quite introspective, beautiful stuff and quite mm. contemplative and thoughtful. It reminds me of something I was reading in the Herald Sun recently about Dustin Martin and how he's like this genius football player, but he loves poetry. Yeah. That's, I didn't know that. I was yeah, like, oh, I didn't know that what either. A legend. Yeah. <laughs> of course. Of course he did. He's an artist. Yeah. He's, not yeah. a, he's not a sportsman. He actually plays like he's an artist. Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah. Is, that is true. And that's another thing, like going back before about people that are artists, um, art is everywhere. So it could be, yeah, in the, some people it's their clothes, some people it's their car or it's their lawn yeah or stuff like that yeah, so totally. yeah that's so true that's yeah that's really true yeah i used to it actually bugs me when people go why is it new sport weather shouldn't it be news art weather why can't mm. we have more artists and it's like i'm thinking no sport is actually art yeah. you just haven't flipped that part of the brain yet to yeah. re- understand that it's actually just like a femoral it's like ballet it's yeah. movement and all that sort of shit yeah but unfortunately yeah um because I yeah love footy, play footy, but the thing that is sad about it is how um yeah people are just now exploiting it, and it's how can we have a meeting to make the most money out of this? Oh, yeah, like yeah. even with um the NBA, like basketball, which I think is a beautiful sport, yeah. and now there's like eighteen year olds that just got picked up posing in front of like a Lamborghini, and it's on Instagram, and they got two million followers, and it's like how can I like give a shit about that as a yeah. adult so yeah so are you saying that they're taking it on because of their just they're popular on instagram so i think like yeah the culture the culture over talent oh not even like the talent i need talent to play but yeah. the culture is more about um material oh, yeah, things yeah. than the actual yeah. talent yeah. Yeah. yeah but i don't know yeah. maybe um afl isn't crossed that path yet but yeah yeah yeah, I don't want to sound like the money's the root of all evil, but no, no, you mean Insta- Instagram kind of yeah helps helps that along, yeah, it speeds it up, yeah, exactly, yeah. And now people care about yeah more about their personal life than if they can actually play yeah sport, yeah. yeah. So yeah, now to go to the success. So you you write a book of poems, and with those poems, um, from the first book that got published. What was the oldest poem in that book? Oh, probably, probably something I wrote in my mid to late twenties that I couldn't get published anywhere. And then by the time I'd had all this like, extra material behind me in my early forties, like, Mianjin would publish it. They're one of the best, well, they're a highly regarded literary journal. But in my twenties, they wouldn't have touched it. 
but because I'd built a head of steam, all of a sudden that stuff that you made in your twenties counts. Mm. It, that, it's not a waste. So anything yeah. you make, you think's a waste. 10, 15, 20 years later, it can come up and people, it's it's like, that, yeah, it's so weird how, but yeah, there's a poem I wrote called, just called Love, I think, and it's, I say the word love until it doesn't make sense and loses all meaning, love, yeah, love, yeah, love, yeah. love, 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 and it goes on like that, but it's just, um, yeah, I, that was when I was, I'd love to take, I was going through a stage in my 20s where I take naturally occurring phenomenon like deja vu or saying a word until it doesn't make sense yeah. and writing all these little weird things down that people could relate to yeah. and then trying to make something interesting of it or turn it into a, a cartoon because that was a cartoon because that was when I was doing cartoons but yeah. I guess it was a, ended up being a, a poemy thing. But yeah, yeah, there was a few poems that I wrote. Oh, I wrote... <laughs> there was another one I wrote... Um, I lock myself out, so I break in through the back window and I loot and I ransack my place and steal everything I can, including my hidden cash. And then I, then I escape through the front door and lock myself out again. And I wrote that when I was like twenty three, and that's in my new book at the age of forty five. Yeah, and people like that. <laughs> I was like, "Fuck you!" I wrote that when I was twenty three. I'm still good. <laughs> I, I um, this is this for me. It sounds so arrogant, but there's things that I write that I'm like, "That's it's good." And it'll get like three likes on Instagram, and I'll know that one day that they'll look back and go, "Oh, that's good as." I'm like, well, "I fucking told you back then when I was yeah, yeah, a nobody." Yeah. That's so. That's yeah, yeah. And then last You're Friday, right. I went to um, the NGV, and there was a Picasso painting, and it was like the Weeping Woman, which, um, and I was just like, if I painted that exact tonight and showed people, only my mum would be like, "Oh, that's nice. Keep it up." But because it's like because everyone's like, I'll give you ninety million for it. Yeah. So that type of stuff's so annoying, true. but it's just human nature, I guess. It is human nature. Yeah. It's so true, though. Yeah. Keep everything you do. Cause, yeah. Yeah. It'll find it. If it'll find it's a place that'll. Yeah. yeah. So you got so was Instagram before or after your your first published book? Um. It was. I just. I really just. It was before, but I was the only. I was just starting out on it and trying to work out how to make it work, and I couldn't quite work it out. I started listening to that Gary V dude, mm. um, who's he's quite the hustle. He's, yeah, he's yeah he's quite marketing and aggressive businessman dude vibes. But um, beneath that, he has some really almost philosophical things to say mm. about it. And he almost he's kind of almost like an artist without meaning to be. But yeah, there's some parts of him that really resonate and it sort of taught me how to um get uh, get some sort of traction on a on a platform that i found initially quite really hard to mm. and i didn't realize that you, it really it's something like instagram really rewards you if you post shitloads of stuff but i guess by the time i was 40 i had shitloads of stuff that i'd accumulated all yeah. through my 20s all through my 30s and all of a sudden a platform like instagram will reward you if you just pile on heaps of shit, um, mm. like stoke it. Like needs a, it's like a fire that needs yeah, heaps yeah. of wood. So I had all this backlog of stuff that I thought was a waste. I thought it because this is the whole looking back and going, it wasn't a waste because mm. now Instagram's rewarding me for having this crazy amount, to two decades of material to to pile on, and so that really helped. Um, yeah, so, yeah, 
that was yeah. So that that was a that was helpful. But um, um, yeah, like yeah, I, I sent my manuscript to Five Island Press and they and they and they took it and that was yeah because I'd I'd read a fair few of their stuff and a lot of their stuff is much more it feels more real poetry. I never feel like. I've got definitely got imposter syndrome. I don't feel like I'm a real poet. I yeah. feel like I'm a, a humorist that tries to bend, or a yeah, humorist that tries to bend my stuff into poetry. Like yeah. one of my poems started off as um, I remember an ex asked me was saying I was I we've got a broken door and we need to fix it. Can't you fix it, Darby? And I said oh, I can't fix it, but I can write a poem about it. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like I was just taking the piss. I thought, oh, right, oh, maybe I'll... Two years later, that stuck with me, and I thought, oh, that was actually pretty funny, but I wrote it into a poem, and now, when it became a poem, it actually had a melancholy vibe to mm. it, which was started off as a piss take. It turned, in, it t- turned into something that had a slight sadness to it, and I ended up sending it off to um, one of the, the biggest poetry prizes in Australia. It's called the Newcastle Poetry Prize, and, and it got shortlisted. <laughs> it was like... And I was my name. I was with amongst twenty other, or long listed, I guess, twenty other people, and they were mainly all academics and professors. And I thought, this is amazing. This poem that started off as a piss take mm. is now next to <laughs> brushing shoulders with these academics and poets, all these professor dudes. But um, I don't know where it's going with that. No, they're <laughs> but, there. But, yeah. Do, do you feel like um, yeah? Because I haven't um. Yeah, I've read like a lot of Bukowski's poems more because they're entertaining, and then I guess um, Rumi, a lot of Rumi poems, oh, which yeah, yeah, a lot about yeah. nature, and that's kind of the ones where you seem like oh, it's that's better than what I can do. So to read Bukowski, it's kind of good to be like oh, I feel like I can, like it's good, and I feel like I can just do that, like write a little story. Yeah. So when um, you go against these other poems, because then there's other. Other ones that I see, it's like I can tell they're trying to sound like Shakespeare or it's like you wouldn't speak like that, so why write a poem? Like it's, you're not capturing who you are, so what's even the point if you're just pretending to sound oh, like a good poem? Yeah. So, yeah, when you go on these competitions, do you – and also at the same time, it's just my – I don't have a fucking clue about yeah. anything, so my opinion has no weight. So when you go against other people, do you ever read things and you're like, why do people like that? Oh, yeah, for sure. Like I – some – yeah, there's a. I've heard of. There's a poet I love, Mark Trednick. He's a. He's probably the most awarded alive Australian poet, and he's one of my favourite poets. Um, but he seems he wins a lot of awards, and he won the, the biggest worldwide poetry thing. Um, and he's judging it this year, the Toronto. I oh, can't remember what it's called, but there, there he he did he did he said it or someone else said it that. There are poems that are designed to win awards mm. or designed to win competitions. Yeah. Um, and then there are... And, and, but it also depends on the judges that you get as well. Sometimes the judges will just choose a poem to to reflect well on them, mm. not what they actually love. They just want to be seen to be pulling out what they think a, po- a poem that sounds yeah. like a poem should be. And as soon as you start... Yeah, I've always thought as soon as you start trying to write a poem that sounds like a poem, it's dead in the water. You're yeah. kind of fucked. I'm guilty of that. Yes. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, like, yeah, I've got this document of quarter of a million words that I've accumulated over, since I started writing in when I was 34, 
I started copywriting, I started writing at the same time. Yeah. Um, and I'll just go through it. I'll just write, I'll just write down any bits and pieces, just random shit. Yeah. I'll go through it and see if it inspires something or mm. brings something or... Um, but yeah, I love when a poem is inspired by something you don't mm. like. It's like a, like just like I'll write a poem about the broken door because I don't know how to fix it. Yeah, but um, just yeah, when they come from a place of not trying to write a poem, I'll, that's kind of when it can be a bit exciting. But sometimes, because I've been doing it now for ten years straight, I found it was really kind of easy to begin with because I was fresh at it and I didn't know how to do it so mm. I brought new stuff to it and the first two years I was writing poems I got it into Best Australian Poems 2012 and then the next year in 2013 I thought I thought fuck I'm pretty good at this but then I realised no nah, it's not true it's not it's not beginner's luck it was just because I was fresh at it mm. and actually the more I wrote the less I was accepted and the shitter I got at it and I'm actually really not I'm not Saying I'm shit at it now, but it's much more difficult to find to write a good poem for me than it was when I just started out because mm-hmm. I was fresh. Now it actually takes heaps of digging just to get to the same place as when I was probably just starting out. Do you feel like that because now that, um, say, so I always, whenever, like right now, I, um, in my head, I think I'm, I might never be able to write another anything again because I just don't know where it comes from. But then I'll, um, at the moment, the best thing is to go on the treadmill and I have a just a coffee on the treadmill and I'll um, either read or just fucking do anything or watch the fucking morning yeah. show. And um, and then something will come up and you write it down and then I look back and I go, oh, just another one came. But um, I've always found that I think if I got to a point where I didn't have a, um, a job or a fucking mortgage or all these things to like do, like I always write when I'm procrastinating so have you found it harder now that um, yeah you'd say a full time poet that it's like oh shit I'm a full time poet I've got it like oh. I've got to create one out of something rather than write yeah what I'm doing I guess yeah, yeah. poetry like you're saying out it sort of it sort of most works best when it's coming from between the cracks yeah. rather than when it's just given perfect soil perfect this perfect yeah. that I I've always heard like the you, um. Tom? The less, the more restrictions you have create creatively, usually the better um, your creative creativity is. Like, you know, like Nirvana, not having much to do with, and they just made do with what they had, and yeah. they got that sound out of not having everything. Or, um, yeah, it is harder. It's yeah. it's harder when you've got unlimited amounts of time and bullshit and. And it does, yeah. It's yeah, it's a blessing and a curse. Like mm. while it's while it's not nice and stuff to have the extra time, it does. Yeah, I I will I will have to probably work out a way of giving myself at least two or three boring days a week to, yeah. to not do it and actually yeah whatever that is. But for the moment in lockdown and coming out of all yeah. that stuff, I'll I'll work it out. Yeah, I guess <laughs> yeah. Um, life's always going to give you enough. Of a- anything that yeah. there's, there's always going to be something, whether it's good or bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or well, on that topic, this is what I've asked um, people before about the the idea of a, a tortured artist. Um, and I know you touched on it before about um, writing a way out of it. And um, even my like my mum or brother will say to me, "It's like, oh, why don't you why don't you try and write a nice one?" Because like, it's always. <laughs> and I try to say to them, "It's yeah. like it's." Um, 
it's me taking a feeling out and when it's on the page, that's where it is. Yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. actually like I know you think I'm sitting here, yeah, being sad because I wrote that poem. I'm happier for it. Yeah, totally. Like squashing your psychic yeah. pimple. Yeah, exactly. It, removing it from yeah. you. Yeah. But then, um, yeah, now coming out of lockdown and like being able to go to the gym and feeling better, mm. um, maybe not so much, oh, well, yeah, the poems, but even like short stories, I feel like I can um, actually write better. Because I'm not so. Um, I think when you're sad, you're too. Um, you're thinking about yourself too much, and That's all true. you want to talk about yeah. is yourself and how. Oh, poor me, poor that. So yeah. now that um, yeah, you get those fits of like, fuck, I feel like I can take on the world, and you're confident. And then there's yeah. there's like for me, I feel like, yeah, that's better. So now yeah. I know this whole like Hollywood and Bukowski and all my fucking idols are either drunk themselves to death or kill themselves. <laughs> But, um, yeah, even now it's like oh, I would want to do what works and I think being happier, being happy is harder than being sad. And if I want to write different than other people, then I should do the work to be happy because yeah. then that's going to separate you more. You know what I mean? Yeah, I love that. No, it's, it's true. It's like um, it, is easy, it is easier to write a, a, a downer. Mm. It is easy. It's, it's so true. Um, yeah, sometimes I... I keep thinking of my, some of my best stuff was my 20s because I was just writing just jokes. Yeah. And I was happy. I was Maybe I was happy. I don't know. Yeah. I just, um, yeah, to find that space to, I've been trying to switch off from, trying to switch off from the news and the whole, this whole culture which is going around um, trying to cancel people and, mm. and, and that, just bring it brings me down the, the all the ways they're dealing with the pandemic stuff and the lockdowns and trying to pull myself out of that and going to mm. nature and see that feel that happiness and spring and but yeah um yeah happiness is definitely a really it's like a next difficulty level up yeah and it's but when it's when you can pull it off you can actually kind of weirdly elevate Mm. So how how have you found ways of um, pulling yourself out of that? Exercise. Yeah. Exercise for sure. Not yeah. feeling like a fucking, yeah, fat stoner sitting on the couch <laughs> with nothing to do. And yeah. um, as much as I, yeah, want to, I went through this big stage and like, oh, I fucking hate my job. I'm stuck. I want to be yeah, an artist or I want to live life. But now I'm starting to see the beauty in um, a hard day's work. Even yeah. though I only want to do it once a week, yeah. <laughs> or twice yeah. a week, not fucking five. Yeah, totally. But the sense yeah. of um, yeah, accomplishment that does come with that. Yeah, and um, you can be trapped in freedom by yeah. having too much of it. And yeah, I'm, I'm just learning about this new this new space that I'm in. Mm. So yeah, that's yeah, yeah, it's interesting. What do you reckon the balance is of doing a hard if in a seven day week? How many hard days work versus how much time off to do? Yeah, okay. what Riley wants to do. For me, ideally, I think I'm at a stage where I, I want to go um, next April, I want to go to India, like yeah. a one-way ticket and go, and then that will be like my hard work will be just India and like yeah. um, travelling on your own and like that type of stuff and what comes with that. So you've still got to have that yeah. discipline of, fuck, if I'm not on the ball, I might get fucking killed or robbed or end up somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Or um, so that's my like goal at the moment, where I've kind of I've learnt I, I want a challenge that will still be a holiday, and then I want to write about that type of stuff. But with work, yeah, I think um, 
yeah, three days a week of work yeah. is nice because I even wrote this line to myself when I'm like <coughs> teasing myself about being an electrician. It's like you've helped more people as an electrician than you have as a poet. And <laughs> the whole idea of poetry is also help myself. But yeah. people don't want to read it and feel worse. Because then you might as well just, yeah, yeah. you might as well do anything. Like you might as well rob someone. <laughs> so um, yeah, yeah, it's finding that balance. And then I don't know. And then when you're happy, you can talk about a sadness, yeah, with a sense of humour or That's in a true. way that doesn't seem like yeah. poor me. Because no, there's enough. Yeah, no one wants to hear a, um, a guy yeah. in Melbourne with um, a wealthy family and a house yeah. doing well. Saying poor me, yeah. And if I want to be a poet or a artist, I've got to find a way to, yeah, do yeah, that. Yeah, is a is a funny balance for sure. Yeah, and I also I want I would rather be happy than successful. Happiness, yeah. or not even happiness, but just I don't I don't want to go out for lunch with my mum or go to my nephews and just be this miserable person. Yeah. And they're like, oh, he writes good poems though. It's like, well, what is it? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's my that's my thing. yeah. So yeah, it's also yeah cool. finding that balance of like yeah. what would do you like if you want to sell your soul for success, you might as well be an electrician. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Yeah, so um, that's what I'm going through now, and it does help um, <laughs> having a, a family that I love, where I'm like I actually I care about your opinion more than getting. Um, yeah, paid or heaps of likes. Yeah, I think. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know when when it comes down to the crunch, maybe I'll choose. I don't know. Hopefully, yeah. I don't have to make that decision. I can do both. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, so back to this. You know, speak about Instagram and the positives of it. Um, I'm sure you've seen the negative sides of it. And yeah. how do you think? Because um, when I read. Bukowski or when I read poets and then when I even since I've started posting on Instagram my poets my poems have changed to fit the page or to be like um catchy because you know you've got to catch people's attention so it's starting to affect my writing oh yeah and yeah, I yeah. know that like what I really care about is people in 20 years reading this and it kind of resonating with these people not just trying to get mm. the attention of someone who I play footy with or yeah, trying to get true. a girl to think I'm fucking she wants to root me yeah. <laughs> so how yeah. much has that Instagram affected you and your art yeah. and I guess the positives of it are that um, exposure which is great which is like a, yeah obviously yeah. it's good as but um, what have been the negative sides of it um, yeah ne- negative sides uh, um I've, yeah, I've definitely experiencing them more recently. Um, starting just to post what I actually think, mm. um, which can get a bit um, crazy, and it makes pe- it 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 pisses some people off, and they'll they'll go see you later, or they'll make write this quite sort of um, involved emotional response, saying, mm. oh, I just I thought this and this, but you're you're doing this or." And I'll have other people who go, oh, I like you even more now for yeah, what yeah. you're doing and blah, blah, blah. But, yeah, I don't, it's funny because there's, there's so much divisive shit going on at the moment and everything's, everyone's taking sides. And so I guess, I guess um, 
like p- part of me is kind of I feel like I've got an inner monkey that wants to prod prod snakes and yeah. and and um, just test test things and push people and and say the wrong thing and do the stupid just do stupid things cause yeah. I, and just to see how people react I feel and but then I feel like oh people have feelings too Darby you can't yeah. always just like say say what you want and it's weird the self censorship um, sort of culture that we've we're moving into which is kind of ter- it's terrifying but also it really does separate the um, I guess it's um, amazing for some comedians who are sort of carving their way through that stuff yeah. and feel a pushback against um yeah, like I was watching a doco last night um, by oh, what's his face? Um, Francis Bacon. He does these horrific yeah, painting yeah, faces. I love Francis. Oh, yeah. yeah. and he said something in the sixties. Um, I was watching. He said, um, "I think I watched the exact doco on right, YouTube." Yeah, yeah, it's like a disaster artist. Oh, it was yeah. I've seen that. It was oh, yeah. a twenty-minute interview one. with him where he said, oh, um, okay. "I can't say it's hard to say. Give your opinion. You can't say what you, th- um, you can't give someone your opinion anymore, even if it's true, um, or even if it's a, even if it's a fact, because that's um, or and even if because that's the new. Um, oh, he was basically talking about what's happening now, but saying that you can't say the truth anymore. Oh, that was then. and that was back in the sixties. Um, so, and that made me because he's someone who I deeply admire. Like mm. it's, it's funny how a lot of um, people I admire aren't poets. I love Francis Bacon and David Lynch and Adam Elliott. Who's a um, he's a he makes claymation films, but he's just an Aussie dude. He did yeah. Harvey Crumpet. but um, yeah, it's it's funny how. I don't know where all this is going, but the neg- negative things yeah. of Instagram. Um, yeah, I do. I, like, I will say stuff that I th- where I or I'll, where I'll challenge an ideology. Where if I see it's almost become a self parody of itself, mm. I want to point to that. Yeah, and you can and you can't point to the emperor's new clothes these days. That's such a relevant fable. Still, like, I can't believe that hasn't been cancelled because mm. it's because <laughs> it's yeah. actually calling out. Um, a whole lot of stuff going on, um, but um, yeah, the other I guess the other negative like I, I'll post something and then then I might just delete it twelve hours later or a few hours later, and I don't I can't, I, sometimes I don't feel like my posts have to be permanent and stay there; mm-hmm. they can just be ephemeral. I can go here it is, and I'll just pull it away. But I always feel like anything that they say that anything you post on the internet is. Or is, is is there forever? So no yeah. matter if I pull it or pull it or don't, um, it's there. But I I don't want to. Part of me wants to create a a nice energy, but also part of me is cheeky and wants to mm. challenge shit. Yeah. And so I, I do have that conflict. Um, and but yeah, the other negative thing about Instagram, I guess, is maybe perhaps the way I have like it doesn't really love long poems or sometimes it does it, the algorithm seems to change willy-nilly but I'll, like sometimes i'll post a long one and go fuck it, i know this isn't going to get a lot of likes but or traction or but i really like it and here it is and mm. and then sometimes i'll de- i'll definitely like publish a short one and that, but that's where i was i, I kind of was 
bought into poetry by writing jokes, and jokes have quite can be quite short yeah, and compact yeah. and concise, and just I, and I like little ideas that, that can explode in a sentence or two. But so they work for Instagram, but I guess I guess I try to consciously do a, a balance of uh, all those things: stuff that I know that won't work, stuff that I know that will pro- might probably will work, which is kind of cynical, but. Yeah. It is kind of nice to push yourself and go, here's, I'm going to post something that I know won't work, and here it is. <laughs> or it's going to be really, sh- it's going to piss people off, yeah. here it is. And do you feel you're right? Do you feel you understand the crowd on Instagram? No, I don't. I'm, yeah, like I've had people who have long-term followed me um, say, piss. yeah. All right, well, that would just seem seamless to the listeners. But, yeah, so... Um, yeah, I asked if you understand. You feel like you um, you understand the crowd on Instagram. Yeah, no, yeah, I I, I don't. I understand me. Mm. Um, and I, as wanky as it sounds, as long as I'm writing myself out of trouble or writing myself into laughing, then that's that's that. That's the most important thing, but I do catch myself sometimes trying to write to a crowd, and and then later I'll go, oh, that's a bit shit. I'll delete it. Yeah. But sometimes it takes me a couple of days to realise that I've done that. So yeah. sometimes I'm tricking myself into lying to myself. Yeah. So that can be really strange. But um, um, yeah, I liked. Uh, there's this psychologist, Carl Rogers, from the 20th century. He wrote. What's most personal is most universal. So if you're if you if if you're really sort of tapping into deep dark mm. or sometimes light shit that's personal to you, often you'll be talking to everyone else. But that's a tightrope act as well because you can either come across you can really nail it or you really fuck mm. it up and you sound self indulgent like self indulgent wanker. And I've yeah. I've definitely come across as a self indulgent wanker. Yeah. And I've been told that too. You're a self indulgent <laughs> indulgent righteous wanker. Yeah. But they <laughs> another thing about you can't read a tone as well. So yeah, you, they can true. read something and it's gonna be an expression of how they feel at the time. And if they're angry yeah. it's gonna be like, What's this? or if they're in a real good mood it's going to be the exact same That's so true. words, but it's going to be a different yeah. meaning. So what yeah. I think um, with Instagram is that it's like the instant feedback and it's, um, you know, you're in this state, you write something, you post it, and then someone says, before you even get a chance to yeah, think if this is good or not and how I feel, they're going to um, tell you how you feel and they're going to be like, oh, this is, um, I don't know, Anything, and you're gonna be like, "Oh shit, is it? Am I? Did I feel that way?" And like the subconscious is so um, unsusceptible yeah. that it can get in, and then your next one is trying to fix that comment, and then, oh, yeah. Yeah. and then um, with you because you've actually yeah, got a following is um, to people, it's just like this page called Darby Hudson, and to you, it's it's you, it's your whole existence. So when someone, um, yeah, attacks this poem and then it's just this page it's it's like hey, this is me oh yeah, yeah i'm a real person so is that yeah. that must be weird yeah it is yeah it definitely like it's funny how negative comments always emotionally feel te- like 10 times the what emotional impact as as a positive comment we're mm. kind of we're fucked up humans in that way we we all sort of take a one negative 
to 10. So yeah, it's about one negative to 10 positives is the equal yeah. ratio. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> um, but yeah, defi- definitely, like I, I like to think that I, I don't care and, I, and I, what I'll do if I get something, if, I, if something's, if, if, if I get a negative comment, I'll try, I'll try and just take it without the emotion in it and I'll and if if it's reasonable criticism, I'll just I'll just leave it there. Mm. Or, but if it's just a if it's just um just flat out um trying to trying to get a pylon or a, a mauling or um I'll I'll probably yeah I'll probably block them mm. <laughs> or um or sometimes I've even rethought posts and I've thought uh. Like as much as I think I'm right here, it's not the energy I want. I want to be putting out. It's even if even if um my mm. ego says yeah that's correct. It sometimes you, the the overall energy takes precedent over me. What I'm saying is right or not. Yeah. So I do pull posts where I go, oh, it's it's not what there's enough of in the world already. Yeah. Just pull it, Darby. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when I wake up the next morning. Yeah. With a hangover, and pull it. Because yeah. <laughs> probably drunk Darby's written those um those one those posts that are trying to incite or, mm. or sort of throw in, in accelerant on some. Yeah, and I, and I guess it's a difficult um platform to address those issues when you really only get you get your say and then they get theirs and it's not like we're talking like this and people can go oh Darby's a person. I'm yeah. a person. Yeah. We're not going to speak like this in person. Yeah, so, totally. Yeah. Yeah, so I do think um, as good as yeah, Instagram is, it can definitely, um, I've even felt it already with me, with fucking no followers, that it can affect your art. And that's like the thing that um, is the most sacred thing. Because uh, yeah. in a hundred years' time, when um, we're both dead, no one's going to be reading the comments. They're going to be reading the poem, so... Yeah, the poems could be dead too. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so true. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So now to we'll um yeah we'll work towards the finish for you, but um wherever this goes, as well the first thing as a poet, I've always um what do you what is what has taught you the most? Because for me, um, it's been like heartbreak. Heartbreak has always been the one that's pushed me towards where I need to go when I veer too away from it. It seems to be... That pulls you back. Yeah. yeah. So um, yeah. in your life, has there been things where you start to veer away from, uh, I guess, your life's trajectory and there's things that have kind of always taken you back? To, to write, to writing. Yeah, or, to writing or yeah. just who you feel. It's like, oh, me again. Yeah, def- definitely the heartbreak stuff can be... Like it's it's old it's old and valuable for all that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, I've I've only written one one on heart heartbreak and but yeah, I remember re- reading it, thinking what a I don't like it, but I posted it anyway. Mm. People really liked it. I was like, yeah. oh, okay, <laughs> something but, um, we can all relate to, I guess. Yeah, yeah, but I, nothing. I think just my own whizzy mind that's always questioning the shit out of everything mm. um but it just pulls me back to it like i'm addicted to thinking and it's 
a blessing and a curse. And as sometimes it feels more of a curse than a blessing. Stubborn spirit. Yeah, it just, yeah. It just wants to. I feel dragged along by myself, and I'm. And then there's the second derby behind me cleaning up the mess. Yeah. But the, the derby is at, at the front. Is this right? Just forging ahead. Yeah. Creating havoc, creating beauty, creating fun, creating sadness, and then just then I'm just here cleaning up. Yeah, that's I think this this weird compulsion to just um just keep throwing myself into different random shit or or saying the wrong thing or putting myself in a, a stupidly dangerous place for no reason or um just to almost. Cr- find a, a story or almost treating my life like a documentary or treating it like I'm playing this elaborately long prank on myself yeah. that will um, shoot for my entire life. Um, yeah, yeah there's just, there is a kind of a joker or a jester in me that wants to, is trying to take the piss but it has to pay for it yeah. somehow. Yeah, there's like but, the um, bulletproof one. And then there's a very sensitive emotional yeah, one, yeah. and they're constantly <laughs> yeah. one is yeah fixing or yeah, yeah it's creating, but, and then the other person gets to assess it, but also feel the negative side of it. Yeah, and, that's yeah, really well said. Even as yeah. a um, yeah, like talking about being a jock and probably overstate it a little bit, but no, I don't reckon I do. But even like at school it was like like um, like the quick witted like younger brother as well, so you had to have it. Um, like nothing better than getting a laugh and then you get the laugh and then the next day you're thinking about it you're like, oh, fuck, did I hurt that guy's feelings? Yeah, like yeah totally. And then you yeah. do it to yourself. It's like, oh, that yeah. was good, but I hurt my own feelings. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Yeah. I totally agree with you. Yeah. yeah you, should write, like, you should write that one. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, so and then the second one, so leading into this, because I think, um, yeah, the biggest thing that, um, yeah, I don't even – know what it all is but it comes down to what really you think happens for me what happens when you die and some people think this some people don't think about it some people think that we'll just go again and all this stuff so it really what you think when you die really affects the way you live and so for you and for i think any artist it's like well i'm just gonna fucking have a laugh yeah. <laughs> have some fun with it so have you I don't know, have you given that much thought and that type of um, spiritual pursuit or religious pursuit? Yeah, when I smoked DMT, I remember not really being religious, but I felt spiritual, but Mm. it definitely made me believe in um, the devil and Mm. a god. Um, And I remember having this, um, this, um, when when I was under it, what do you call it, a creationist myth, where the sun was this young ball of happiness and it exploded with laughter and it, and with its laughter it created the entire universe and everything was made th- from laughter and I wanted to I was and I've tried to write about it because I'd like to know the, the cosmic joke that caused the laughter mm. or if the laughter just came from nowhere but I just remember I, oh, I wish I was I wish I was back there <laughs> but um that's I, th- I thought that was really interesting mum I've when I told mum that, she's like, oh, oh interesting. Maybe Don't touch our drugs, Darby, but that, that's interesting. That come like, from that, you. That Yeah, from a DMT trip. It, yeah, this, yeah, it, I wrote a poem about it. That's I've incredible. Never, I don't think I've... Start a religion off that. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I did, I actually, I did write a poem about it once and I posted it 
Um, I have taken it down since, but this this Indian woman from India who's about sixty or seventy um, wrote to me and said that's actually part of um, a myth from one of our mm. religion. Um, you haven't. That's actually already exists. I went, oh, oh my god. Mm. So maybe they were smoking DMT when they created their religions as well, or maybe yeah, who knows? I don't know, but. Um, I'll have to post that one later. Yeah. <laughs> and um, well, has psychedelics um, had a strong effect on your life? Yeah, yeah. De- like, it, I definitely felt like I'd, I was dead when I smoked DMT. And it wasn't scary. And it, mm. felt, it felt beautiful and I didn't want to come back. And not in a morbid way, just I kind of felt this reality was more dead yeah. um, than where I, where I was. Um, um, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, oh. Need another ex- DMT experience. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a bit. Actually, I did. Yeah, it's not something I'd smoke a lot, but yeah, it's very interesting. It's pretty interesting. Yeah. But it's a shame that I haven't formulated. Not a shame, but um, yeah, that were, those were gifts given to me from that drug. Yeah. Like I haven't come up with anything myself. I was mm. I was just there to just to observe. observe it. Yeah. yeah, but um, I haven't done any deep philosophical thinking myself to get there. I feel like I've cheated that. Yeah. But, um, well, yeah. do you, with that, because, like, um, yeah, I've tried mushrooms, uh, only mushrooms so far, um, and I want to talk about it and tell people, like, it, it'll, um, especially, like, yeah, going through, like, yeah, depression, anxiety and stuff like that, it'll help. But then I also don't want people to think, guys, like, I don't want to, I think mushrooms, psychedelics, show you the door. As they say, yeah. and you got to walk through it. So I don't want people to think, "Oh, Riley took mushrooms, and now he's this person." It's like, yeah, no, I, that's I, true. Yeah. It does. I do think you need to act, be actively. Act. It's not you're not completely passive. That's yeah, cool. yeah. That's then, actually really good. Because some people just take psychedelics and dance in a bush, and then go home and they go back to work, and that's it. Yeah. So, um, but with that, definitely for me, yeah. the psychedelics helped with. Um, I guess. I used to be like that, yeah, that young, like a oh, religion, stupid type of stuff. But now it's like, um, it's just made me firmly believe that there is a higher power. Yeah. What that is, I'm not yeah. sure. And I don't think I'll ever really um, commit to any of them. But all of it yeah. is interesting and knowing, um, yeah, that it's all kind of going to be all right. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. And as much as you forget, yeah. as much as you forget, you're yeah. like, oh, and then yeah, you're in a bad place, and then you get out of it, and you're like, oh, I'm I was, I'm happy for that for yeah. that experience and what I've learned there. Because even when I'm in a negative state, I'm I feel like I'm a better person to others because I'm vulnerable. So uh, like, it's all a part yeah. of it, and it's like oh, this is just another experience, and I'm yeah, it's better at, yeah, separating yeah. my mind from my body and who I am. Yeah, behind all of that. Yeah. So yeah, I'm with you on the psychedelics yeah. for sure. Yeah, I love that. So it's all come down to everyone just do mushrooms and you'll be right. <laughs> <laughs> I think I might try some DMT tonight. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Inspired me. <laughs> yeah. We'll have to do another one after that and <laughs> talk about it. Excellent. Uh, so, okay, one thing I do I want to get into personally, you don't have to um, go into too many details as far as that, but when you send off your manuscript with your poems, how does that even work? Um. Yeah, I'd... Um uh, I just there was a there's a call out by Five Island Press back in 2018 
send out 50 of your best poems with a... And they all had to... What I'd, I've worked this out slowly that po- poetry publishers will only take... it needs You need to build a resume for your book so you, that has to have placed in a competition or been published in a journal or... And so it's about a third of my poems have been published previously in different places or placed in a competition... And so that built a resume for the book for yeah, the yeah. book for them to consider it as a serious um, piece of work. Yeah. And, uh, it's I, I learnt this as I just stumbled yeah, along. Yeah. along. Um, and so um, yeah, and that's and they they yeah magically took it. And so, but yeah, my last two books are h- hardly published anywhere except for Instagram, mm. and they're actually probably, in my opinion, better than. The ones that had a record, a track yeah, record yeah, of publishing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't, yeah, I just, yeah. And they're self published, you just. Yeah, yeah, self published. Um, you just go to someone, say, make a book. Yeah, well, I, yeah, I went, I used the same printer as the Melbourne Uni Five Island Press used. I asked them if I could, was, can I steal your printer? And they said, yeah, sure, go for it. Because they were actually, they were folding after 35 years because it, there's no longer a, they, were, they had to employ four or five staff and everyone was almost doing it out of goodwill and yeah, love yeah. and stuff because that makes no money in poetry land um, um, but yeah Instagram is, is changing that like mm. it's possible to yeah. um, if you self-publish because publishers take like 90% yeah. of your stuff yeah um, so yeah it is a it is interesting Instagram so but all my eggs are in one basket, so if they pull Instagram, I'm fucked. Yeah. <laughs> I'll have to start again somewhere. Yeah. Or go and back to a job. Feel that like I know um you don't post anything that's worth being um yeah, like fucking deleted or anything, but do you feel that? Like if I if I crossed a line too much I might get in trouble oh, and yeah, they'll just get totally. rid of it. Totally. Yeah, yeah. People, yeah, I do I do have that weird subtle fear. Mm. But then I think I've got so much uh, strong stuff over a lot small lifetime that I'll just focus everything I could on another platform yep. like like laser focus which I'd have on Instagram. I've dabbled on other bit ones but I've really just tripled down on just the one place but I'd, it would probably take me a few years to get to back to where I was and I'd have to get a get a real job again and stuff mm. but that you know that could bring its own um Positives yeah. by accident, yeah. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, that's fascinating. Well, is there anything else you want to um, plug or shout out or talk about? Oh, hi to my cat. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully, you're listening, cat. All right, well, I really appreciate that, mate. Thanks, mate. Cheers, thanks, cheers. <laughs>